0: I feel like we're color coordinating today like
1: inadvertently. I had no idea like this is literally like I've just been having a weird day and oh, I Oh, like, tell me about your weird day. Oh no, just I think I I sent you a message just uh oh. emotional. Oh. Emotional hormone hormonal stuff. You're having I'm a, sure every woman can relate.
0: uneven hormone day. Yes. That's And I was like, "You know what be I expected. need?"
1: to not take a shower. <laughs> hey
0: i mean i feel like when you're not we're not feeling i don't know if not feeling ourselves is the, maybe we're really feeling ourselves we're feeling like,
1: ourselves the most <laughs> feeling
0: ourselves the most then it's like good to just do the things that feel right even if they don't make sense i yeah. i i i like to escape to a shower like i like the maybe it's because it's the only place i can be alone in my house you know <laughs> so i feel like th- i mean literally there's i don't think there's any other place in my house that i can be guaranteed to be alone except for the shower and even mm-hmm. then like chris, will chris poke is his head
1: like, in. hey just like <laughs> talking
0: to me about stuff and i'm like this is my fucking time
1: <laughs>
0: uh that'll be an interest actually that'll be a something we can get into later as we continue to watch Girls, because I remember Mm -hmm. very distinctly a scene just like that. Anyway, welcome to the Adam and Andy podcast, listeners. I'm one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm your other host, Sarah. And uh, on this show, we are going through the entire filmographies and TVographies. I think we're in a TVography kind of place right now uh, of our two favorite actors, Adam Driver and Andy Samberg. And if you think that pairing goes together, uh, doesn't go together, I want you to like take a step back and think about how much it, in fact, does go together. It's like you know, I don't know. What are some good? I'm thinking of opposites attract. You know, like I feel like. What do you think? What do you think Andy and Adam would be like in a movie together? I feel like the closest we got is when Andy acknowledged that he had seen the Burberry commercial. Um. You know, it would be like sweet and spicy.
1: You know what I mean? I think it would have to be a serious rom com. You know what a I mean? By serious serious rom com. You know what I mean by serious rom com? I mean, like. Not a, really. Can you give me an example? Like I, a I, sub, well, like girls.
0: Okay. Yeah. I guess I guess if you think about it, girls is, is a bit of
1: a rom com. Girls has mm-hmm. some meat to it, mm-hmm. but it's also funny and has romance. I guess I've never romance. thought about
0: it being a rom com but i guess you it could be one of the categories yeah i mean mm-hmm. relationships are a big part of it coming of age comes to mind uh but yeah that's interesting i never thought about it like that
1: they could be in like a like a gr- a girl's type thing mm-hmm. that would oh, that i'd would love for like both of them
0: i'd love for adam to return to and andy to return to a series just cuz selfishly i'd like to have them every week i i also love with television what I preach about television is the way that uh, actors get to really explore a character, and you get to watch that character change and evolve. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, Adam Sackler, who is uh, the the character we're talking about today, listeners, um, is someone who really does change and evolve in a big way during the show. You know, uh, I don't remember. You don't remember? It's been, a,
1: it's been a long time.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, then I guess you'll be like re-experiencing it. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely recall him making some. I mean, he never like stopped being like Adam Sackler. He always was this that guy, but like he definitely like when you if I look at him in this first episode and think about like kind of the journey he goes through, it's it's pretty pretty uh pretty substantial. Anyways, um, so. Listeners, we are going to be talking about girls today, the pilot specifically. Uh, we're now entering our girls rewatch era. Uh, and so we're going to be watching the whole, not the whole first season, but all the episodes that Adam is in. And that's not because I don't like the series Girls. I know there are people out there who who don't like it. Uh, I actually have watched the show a couple of times. Uh, if would I've rewatched it as much were it not for Adam Driver, p- probably. Probably not, um, but just because there are so many other things to watch. Uh, but I do think it's a really good show, and I think the writing is really excellent, and I'm happy to talk about all that when we get to it. Um, and I know you've got some stuff you want to talk about regarding like how your feelings about the show have changed since you saw it the, the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I uh, I'm looking forward to looking through it looking at it through the, our eyes that we have now, having watched mm-hmm. so much of his filmography. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, um, would you like to get into some Adam and Andy news? Sure. Okay, so do you want to start with Adam or Andy? Andy. Okay, so Andy, the big news is that we are getting really close to the premiere of the Chippendale Rescue Rangers. So that's the next big Andy thing. Uh, it is coming out on May 20th on Disney plus there a new trailer dropped yesterday I don't know if you've seen the new trailer Mm-mm. no uh I'll talk about that more in a minute uh, and there is going to be a Chippendale's premiere in, in Los Angeles on May 18th so we may catch a glimpse of Andy in some kind of red car I hope I assume in some kind of red carpet setting Uh, promoting Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and maybe even some interviews, I would think, promoting the film. So I I think we're going to be getting a little bit of of Andy content, I hope, soon, uh, with the release of this film. Uh, I did watch the trailer, and I think I got a better sense for what the the film is about. I don't think we got a good sense of that. Uh, It sounds like they are getting together to investigate some kind of string of cartoon do- disappearances. I don't know if murder is the right way to describe it. It's like a, it seems like a. they're investigating a crime, which includes popular tune, toon- like cartoon recognizable cartoon characters being like disappearing. Like they've been abducted. Abducted
1: or murdered.
0: Mm-hmm. Well abducted. I guess they haven't found the bodies yet. Uh, At least that was my impression from the, the
1: trailer. The, the bodies. characters. Yeah. Can you imagine.
0: I mean, it it was giving me big Rob uh uh Rod, Rob Rabbit, Roger Rabbit vibes. You've mm-hmm. seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? Yeah. So that was like a sh- movie about cartoon characters but like cartoon characters like you haven't seen them with like a darker edge. Mm-hmm. So it definitely feels to me inspired by um, Rob, Roger Rabbit maybe even a little like Ralph Bakke kind of animation you know like that kind of edgy I, 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 he'll just what I'll say like I'm intrigued I'd love for you to watch it and maybe next time we can talk about it and see uh, what you think about the trailer uh, by then we'll be getting pretty close to the movie but I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts on the new trailer I don't feel like we need to watch it right now per se um, but I would be interested in your thoughts. I think the thing for me is I'm still like confused about who this movie is for.
1: You know, yeah, it's it's like too sophisticated for kids, but it's too dumb for adults. Is that what you're saying? It's more like it looks like a children's movie, but
0: it doesn't feel like a children's movie. Mm-hmm. So then, is it for people who watched it and are nostalgic for Chippendale, but are now adults? Mm-hmm. Or is it like uh, well, Roger Rabbit was I feel like meant for adults, mm-hmm. but I saw it as a kid and really liked it. So is that the what they're going for? Something that appeals to both? Maybe.
1: I have no idea. I'm I, just I I was unsure. confused about it the first trailer tra- 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 I saw. I thought that it was it seemed very ju- ju- juvenile in tone, mm-hmm. but. The, subs, the the material seemed like kids wouldn't really get it or enjoy it as much. Sure.
0: And I think sometimes if you have enough, you know, people getting tagged in the nuts and fart jokes, like kids will enjoy it no matter what. And mm-hmm. the uh, what I'm concerned about is like, you know, cartoons being m- murdered or disappearing. Like, is that something that is going to be a little much for kids? Not my kids, because my kids are into some weird, creepy shit. You know. Are. Uh, but the average kid, uh, is mm-hmm. that gonna be too much for them? Uh I don't know. I, I I'm unsure about who the audience for this film is, and I don't know if that's gonna be a good thing for them or not. Uh Disney Plus the platform seems to be killing it right now. So I guess, you know, they're you know, probably just the fact that it's a new on Disney Plus might be a benefit for them. I don't know. I would love for you I'd love to talk to you about it once you see the trailer because I I feel like I got a better sense of the movie but no better sense of, like, the audience for this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Is this something you think we... Should we watch this for the show? I think so. You think? It seems mm-hmm. like we should. All right, yeah. listeners. Uh, feel free to weigh in. You know, tweet at us at AdamAndyPod if you think we should watch Chippendale Rescue Rangers. But it seems like... Sarah and I might break our, you know. I mean, Andy does a lot of voice work, so maybe we should be honoring some of this voice work by watching this. And you like John Mulaney? Oh, I lo- I love John Mulaney. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So we'll watch Chippendale and, and we'll we'll give it a shot. So that'll be in on May 20th is when that's going to be released. Okay. Moving on to Adam. So a couple things. Uh. Arts in the Armed Forces is going to be doing a reading of uh, the play True West on May 14th uh, and I believe that I do have I know it, where it's going to be okay so it's going to be at Fort Wads- Wadsworth at, at uh, in Staten Island so not too far from where Adam lives. So I think we might get another. Might see Adam again. Uh, obvi- of course, that is an event for Arts and the Armed Forces. It is not like open to the public. It's open. It's a. It's for veterans. But nonetheless, uh, pictures uh, tend to appear uh, promoting Arts and the Armed Forces with with him at the event. Or people will share photos if they were at the event. So we may see Adam pop up in a couple weeks uh, for that. Um, Let's see. Uh, filming on Michael Mann's Ferrari movie is now going to begin in July. So July is when the filming for that begins. Uh, and uh, Adam's castmate, Ariana Greenblatt, uh, tweeted the numbers like a, 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 an image of the number 65 and the caption April 14th, 2023. So what do you think about that? um
1: i think does she know when this movie is being released i think we're i think by the time it's released everyone will have forgotten why it was made and Mm. they i don't know i'm just kind of like you can't postpone
0: i mean you can for
1: like three years avatar
0: is coming out in december and that movie was supposed to be coming out like a decade ago Oh oh god right I was pregnant with Charlotte, my 11-year-old when the first Avatar movie came out. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't disagree with you, but I do think first of all Adam's draw, like Adam has a huge fan base and his mm-hmm. the draw for him, I don't think that's going to die down anytime soon, but also uh you and I were not really like as entrenched in the Phantom during this time, but uh as I was reminded through Twitter, uh, Annette was the same way Annette was mm-hmm. shot and they held they that thing was held on to for years before they released it how many years uh, I think it was supposed to be released in 2020 and so it mm-hmm. was at least a year maybe a little over a year delayed uh, maybe it was supposed to I, I believe it was supposed to be released in 2020 and then because of the pandemic they held on to it until 2021 mm-hmm. and that didn't come out until what? july august of mm-hmm. 2021 mm-hmm. this is about a year and a half um so are you so you're saying your interest in 65 is waning or? oh no, no no not not mine the common I guess,
1: public though i guess the common public wouldn't even know that it was made so when it comes out it's like oh it's new
0: oh you know? a new adam movie uh yeah i, I will say also that apparently sony uh, released a trailer for some upcoming film projects. I'm not sure where this happened. Uh, and listeners, feel free to uh, provide us with this information. It was maybe at a con or some kind of investor meeting. But anyway, tweeted us at Adam, Adam Annie Pot, if you know where this footage was released. But they did release a trailer uh, of upcoming projects that included some footage from the movie 65. So it's out there. They're sort of promoting it Uh, does it have dinosaurs and the no one all all people said about it was saw footage from 65 I'm intrigued they did not specify Mm. what was in the footage but a couple people tweeted about seeing it uh and then everyone on the internet was promptly like okay where's the trailer like give me a trailer I'm ready I you owe me a trailer at least you owe
1: me I don't expect them to
0: release a trailer until closer to the movie. I mean, this isn't like... Not
1: until like February or something of 2023.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is not Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness we're talking about here. When Um, was the trailer release for that one? Good question. Actually, I think they didn't release the first trailer until February and the show's coming out in May. So even for Doctor Strange, you got to wait
1: so yeah May 4th we 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 looked it up yesterday we'll be on our trip when it's released so maybe we'll get to see it I don't know
0: Mm, I'm gonna have to get a babysitter
1: I gotta go see that shit we watched Doctor Strange last week just so we can prepare
0: yeah Mm -hmm. um I feel like I feel like you have, I think Spider-Man No Way Home is like, that's like, you got to watch that to prepare. Also, did we you did. watch WandaVision or Loki or any of that stuff? I watched okay, Loki. So you watched Loki. Okay. I think WandaVision is probably a big one if that, you, that would help you because Wanda, I think Wanda's story is going to figure heavily into this movie and uh, all of that is told in WandaVision,
1: which is a I great wonder... show, by the way. I wonder why they have films that like where you have to watch so much content to understand the next thing. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a smart thing for them to do. I mean, it, it might work, but it just seems like. Well, you, number one. I feel like you have to watch all the Avengers movies. You mm-hmm. have to, like, I haven't seen any of the event of Avengers movies. Mu- 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 movies yet well you've seen doctor strange yeah but i mean i haven't seen any like avengers that oh are like, i see you know right 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 uh i think and listeners we're getting a little off topic here but
0: we'll sorry circle back. we'll circle back i think this is relevant to uh, uh us a bit i mean adam was in a big franchise you may have heard of it called star wars mm-hmm. um i think that The goal is for people to get more out of watching all this other stuff, but that uh, you, hopefully you can still watch the movie and enjoy it without it. I just think you would get a lot more from the emotional journey. If you had seen Wanda's story, Mm -hmm. Uh, why do I think they're spreading all this out? Because uh, entertainment is not exclusive to film anymore. Uh, And they want people to subscribe to Disney plus. And, uh, you can tell the story in a deeper way in a, in a, a, a episodic format than you can in just a movie, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like I've gotten spoiled on television. Like these episodic shows can get into the story in deep in a way that a film, a film can just like, it can really just capture a, a small moment in time in that character's life mm-hmm. or scratch the surface or kick off something like a mm-hmm. film in 2 hours cannot explore a journey in the depth that like a 8 or 9 episode television show can or even 6 episodes. So, and you know, I don't I don't read Marvel comics, but I do know f- to circle back to Adam and Star Wars. I do know that if you kind of want to know everything that's going on in Star Wars, you kind of need to have seen the movies, you have to have seen the shows. And there's a lot of comic books that are continuing the narrative in comic books and uh, and novels, and you don't have to have read the novels to know what's going on, but it definitely gives you additional information and context. Like the biggest example I can think of is that if you watched the sequel trilogy but never read the Rise of Kylo Ren series of comics, there's a huge part of Ben Solo's journey that you're missing that is not in the films and we talked about that on the show but it really I think changes your point of view about the events if you have if you have knowledge of how he got to the place where he is so to answer your question I think people are hungry for more content I think that creators are wanting to explore the story in different ways but also from a financial standpoint The more content you have and the more ways to reach people, the more money you can make. You know? Anyway, this is to say that if you have a chance to watch WandaVision, it's a really good show. And I think you would enjoy it. uh, And I think it would give a lot of added context to what's going to happen in the Doctor Strange movie. Shall we talk about girls? Yes. Okay. Listeners, I... I think both of us have been really excited to tackle this show. Um, partly because this was a show that you and I watched together, even though we watched it separately, we also watched it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this is definitely the show that made us, you know, fall in love with Adam driver, the actor, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so it's like, a, it's like going, it's like coming home, you know, to a dirty smelly uh, gremlin uh that's what it's like um okay gosh which where would you like to start do you want to start I know last night you were really eager because you and I saw each other last night you were eager to talk about like what it was like watching the show for you again uh mm-hmm. are you would you like to talk about that I'd love to talk about
1: yeah that. I guess we could start with what it was like for me to watch it the first mm-hmm. time oh yeah oh I want to um, talk about that too yes yeah so it was 2012 I was uh in college I Mm -hmm. guess um still in college
0: we knew each other right yes in 2013
1: yes so um I my parents were still support poor poor me and I Mm -hmm. I wrote a lot in my free time um Mm -hmm, I -hmm. I was still in school and didn't have um a job but Mm-hmm. Um, and you had gone
0: back to school, so you I went weren't back like, to school. Yeah, you I were wasn't like in like... your mid twenties, right? Yes. Okay, yes. so you were so around I, the I age, age of these characters. Yeah.
1: Yes, I'm actually the same age as Lena, Le- 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 I believe. Mm-hmm. Let me just check real quick. How she says in she? the
0: op- she says in the pilot that she's 24. At least the character Hannah is 24. uh that sounds about. And I think right. A- I think Adam was closer to. 27 28 when this show came out so he was a little older
1: okay so she's she's two years older than me mm-hmm. but i was i was about um i was like 24 at that time 2012 mm-hmm. Just 20, right 24. exactly there, right yeah. in there yeah um and the very first scene the talk between the mom and dad and her Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i thought the writing was so good and i Mm -hmm. like related to it so much and Mm -hmm. i was like this is like nothing i've seen before and Mm -hmm. like because no one this age is a Mm -hmm. star in a show like Mm -hmm. no one at this time in their life has ever had their story being told in this way um at at least not a
0: woman and not that was on in, a CW right. show or And this something. was in
1: 2012. So yeah. like, this was still like, like nine year, year years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, the 10-year
0: anniversary just literally oh, just 10 years. Passed. Okay.
1: Yeah. No, 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 never mind, 10. Um, and I just re- really l- latched on to it. I think uh, by the time we got to the scene between – and we, we can talk more about the scene mm-hmm. but like the scene yeah we we'll, we'll get to
0: that when we get there, Adam
1: and and hey Hannah. Uh, Hannah, Hannah right mm-hmm. um, I thought that he was he reminded me of my first boyfriend who was very mm-hmm. my first boyfriend was mean. Yeah. My second boyfriend was like very uh, uh I guess stiff and very like hollow, so unemotional. Um, like unemotional closed emotionally closed off yeah so i had a very negative view of that a, 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 a adam sackler i kind of likened him to these he bad triggering he was triggering for he you was tri- tr- he was yeah um and i'm just gonna skip ahead to now mm-hmm. um wait
0: wait can i talk about Oh yeah, I, sure. It was like when I watched okay. So, very different place in my life when I saw this. Okay? So, I was in my early 30s, uh I think maybe approaching my mid 30s, and I was super pregnant when I first saw the show. I was actually like I was pregnant with Lucas, my so it was my second child. It wasn't my first child, so I was already married. I had gone through this whole Christ, you know, quarter life crisis or whatever you call it, where you're, you know, like just out of college and trying to figure out what to do with yourself. I had already gone to grad school. I had moved to Chicago and come back. I had like what I would consider to be a grown up job. I was working at a well. At that time, I had uh, at that time I was teaching at the art I was teaching editing film editing at the art institute of atlanta and before that i had a job at a post house um so i was looking for something to watch at night because i was uh, very pregnant and very exhausted in the evening and i just wanted to sit in my bed and watch something and so at that time girls was i think wrapping up or like halfway through the first season and so i was able to binge like, the first half, I think, while, uh, before waiting for other episodes to come out. And, uh, so by the time I saw the show, I was, like, past that point in my life, and kind of, like, looking in on it, like, one might observe, a fish tank or something where you're observing the marine life in a fish tank. And so I'm looking at it from the outside, but also remembering what it was like to be that age. Like I was close enough to it that I was like, OK, I remember now my parent, my parents didn't really support me once I graduated. Like I had some support in school, but I always worked. I always had a job uh and i once i was out of school i didn't really there was like one time where i would like needed money i was transitioning into grad school and my loans hadn't come through yet or something and my parents my mom gave me some money then just cuz i couldn't pay rent but at that point i was you know at, in my 20s i had a job i didn't i wasn't really supported by my parents but i do very clearly remember that crisis of who am i what should i do how do i get my art out there how do i get a le- how do I legitimize myself as an artist? You know, uh, how do I find my voice as an artist? Like, all of those things were things that I really identified with, as well as like trying to navigate relationships and re- navigating relationships with your female friends um, and just kind of trying to become a person, an adult person, transitioning from that where I think in college, you're still like something about you is still childlike because you're like still moving through a system where your life is very you're told what to do in college, you know, there's a plan. You go to this class, you've turned this thing in, you're still having adults kind of other adults kind of guide you through your life and then class school is over and now your life is unstructured and it's all up to you. And that can be very, uh, shocking. I think for people, a shock to the system. And again, I, I acknowledge that we're both coming from a place of privilege where we have got where we had that, where we ended college, we had a support system and and, and, and we're not fighting for our lives in the way that some people are who don't have that privilege, right? Mm-hmm. My crisis was more existential, although certainly money was a huge problem for me in my 20s. <laughs> I was constantly broke trying to figure out how to get more money. Uh, but so I was not close to it in the sense that I felt like they were telling my story, but it was something I could relate to. Uh, I actually found myself a lot of the time relating to, and I still do, Hannah's parents. <laughs> Like I can, re- I was finding myself especially this time now that my children—I mean, my children aren't Hannah's age—but as they're getting older, uh, I relate. I relate more and more to Hannah's parents, um, and so that's kind of where I was when I was watching it. I remember watching it, and uh, as far as Adam goes, Adam Sackler, I remember thinking, like, who the fuck is this guy? I was like, I can't Me stop too. looking at him. I was like, Chris walked in, my husband Chris, who hasn't listened to this podcast and never will listen to any podcast that that, that we do. Uh, he walked in while I was watching it one time and he watched it for a few minutes. And I think it was a scene with Adam Sackler. And he was like, he was like, what is this? And I was like, it's girls and it's about this. And he's like, do you like this show? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I like these people, but I can't stop watching it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt about Adam at first. I was like, I can't say that i like this guy i can't say that i don't like him i'm inexplicably drawn to him and Mm -hmm. i don't really know why like i feel like i I never would the same way i was like i feel like i would never want a relationship with someone like this and yet i cannot stop looking at him he's so magnetic
1: (laughs) yeah i remember thinking like that he looked very odd but somehow attractive like mm-hmm. I just remember thinking like he looked so odd and yet mm-hmm. why am I attracted to him like yeah you know um and, and it the doesn't way he behaved hurt that was he's like, shirtless
0: for the first like ten yeah. episodes of the show yeah um yeah well we'll get into his I want to get into his behavior when we get into that scene but yeah so that's kind of where I was at when I was watching this super pregnant you know just like, laying in my bed watching girls trying to decide like do I like the show uh that is that's kind of where I was at in 2012 so and now you wanted to talk about what it was like watching this time
1: yeah um it was like so I've had uh or I am in uh, the best relationship of my life Mm -hmm. um and uh with a partner who is both um very uh attractive to me but also very sweet mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and attentive. so attentive yeah so mm-hmm. i was seeing i found myself seeing the sexy or good aspects of a- mm-hmm. a- adam like mm-hmm. picking the the little kernels of like that's mm-hmm. cute or mm-hmm. that's a little weird but it's like or mm-hmm. and, and definitely moments where it's like ew like mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. But I felt myself not being like triggered about my past relationships, but more like he's not, he's more, he has more layers, I guess. Yeah. There's more to him than just being. A fuck boy. A fuck boy. Like there's Mm -hmm. just more there.
0: Yeah. And I, I feel like, uh, and you know, I don't want to get, two off the rails talking about Lena Dunham and her persona. I feel like we've done that in other, mm-hmm. another episode, yeah. guys, if you want to go back and listen to whatever the fuck episode that was. What I will say is I don't personally have the hate or vitriol for Lena Dunham that I think there are other people do. And if you don't like her, if you really don't like her, if she just like, if you can't stand her, that's certainly uh, up to you. And I don't have any, you know, anything to say about that or any, I have no need to defend that um you you, people can feel about her her however they want um I do think that the comedy at least for the character of Hannah is in her selfishness Mm -hmm. and her uh lack of Mm self-awareness and that's funny to me because Mm -hmm. I remember I'm at a place in my life where I can remember being selfish and mm-hmm. not self-aware and mm-hmm. fucking up a lot of stuff because i made poor decisions based on what i thought was my read on the situation and how off base i was right mm-hmm. and and i really was the center of my own universe for a really 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 long time you know uh i still in a some ways am you know uh i think having and again i don't think you have to have children to grow past that but i think for me having children certainly aided in my N- and knocking me off of the center yeah it it gave me more empathy <laughs> mm-hmm. like I didn't have a you're, lot of empathy you're very
1: you're very empathetic now um yes and I, and I met you after you had kids so yeah.
0: and yeah. I'm not saying I could never sim- empathize with people but I definitely gained empathy the older I got and I think that in a lot of ways Hannah lacks that empathy and maybe mm-hmm one day would develop it maybe at what having her kid and we can talk more about that when we get to that part. Um, uh, yeah. And, and, and I agree when uh, watching Adam Sackler this time, I picked up on some things. Uh, I don't know where I was going with Lena Dunham. We'll get back to that. Uh, I guess that is to say, I think the show is really well written. I, 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 I enjoy watching it and not just for Adam driver. So that's what I'll just say about that. Um, I, and as far as his performance goes, I definitely see so many layers in there. Like, I remember thinking, like, that basically he's a fuckboy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I watched it. And the more I watch it, the more I see the little things that where that character does have layers and does mm-hmm. have.
1: That's so com- funny that we both thought and the same kindness. thing.
0: Yeah, that's in there. And maybe he's covering it up with this mm-hmm. other behavior like maybe he doesn't know how to properly express himself in a way that feels Mm -hmm. healthy uh with regard to being tender there are so many little tender moments Mm -hmm. in that really strange sex scene you know like there's like so many tender moments and I feel like um and we'll I want to talk more about that when we just like talk about that scene I know we're dancing around it listeners but we'll get to it um I, I want to I feel like that again I think the writing of this film this show is excellent and I think that the writing for that character got better and better the more the staff and Lena got to know Adam the actor um, but I do think a lot of Adam Sackler's layers initially like, I think he was written as a fuckboy, and I think Adam Driver came in and gave this guy depth, which is what mm-hmm. he... That is, like, his superpower. That's what he does mm-hmm. in every role. He yeah. takes somebody who should be unlikable and gives them layers,
1: and Do you want to th- peel back up those layers. Do you think that Adam Driver was ever a fuckboy before he met his wife?
0: Good question. I don't know. He seems like a weirdo. He seems like he was a weirdo, and that uh i i i I, again not a lot is known about i think and listeners feel free to weigh in on this at adam andy pod um my understanding is that people who knew him when he was in high school or college say that he is closer to the adam sackler character at least he was in that time in his life meaning that he's kind of strange and uh like like in the sense that he does unexpected things and says unexpected things and, uh, is like kind of like, like a lot. He's a lot or he was, and who knows what he's like now that he's grown up and matured. We've all changed
1: as we grew older. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's all I know, but I don't have any definitive information about what he was like at that time. Yeah,
1: I mean, do, do you ever wonder that? Do you ever wonder like what men, you know, or what famous men there mm-hmm. are? Like, who used to be just a piece of shit to to what to women that a lot that of them probably
0: <laughs> a lot of them I'm gonna guess. Oh, <laughs> as far as how he was when he dated, I don't know that I have any. I don't. I've never heard of any information about that. So, listeners, feel free to weigh in on that at Adam I I don't know anything about his dating history. I can't think of a single woman that's come out and said I went out with Adam Driver and he was like this. And he was I, crazy. I, I, yeah. I no. think that people were just saying that he was like kind of, um, you know, had a, had, he had like some, uh, he was kind of a strange dude with big emotions. That's, I mm. think, the indication that I got. I mean, he, I remember very clearly he himself going on, I think, Colbert and talking about how when he was in Juilliard, he had to do yoga there was like a yoga class they had to do like a movement class and that he would get really mad because this guy kept taking his yoga mat and getting his ass sweat on it. And he would yell at that guy. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like something Adam Sackler would do. Mm. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. It's funny. Should we talk about the actual show? Yes. Okay. Um, so I feel like this episode is a lot about comparing couples to me. Like that, there seems to be a central thing of seeing different pairings and then mm-hmm. seeing how those dynamics are different. That's obviously there's a whole thing about Hannah and her parents and their, uh, and them like pushing her out of the nest. That's no like the main topic. No more money. No more money. And her dad's like, but I, can't. You know, I just love yeah. their, I, I know, I, I love Hannah's parents. I love their relationship. I love that they, we get to know them more and get Mm -hmm. to see them more. And every time they try to interact with Hannah, I just feel so bad for them. Like when they're like, oh, we came here to visit you. And she's like, well, I don't want to see you. I'm busy. I have a dinner thing. And she's mad because they cut her off. But like, it's just really funny to me. It feels relatable as a parent because obviously these are this is a comedy so this is about extremes and I'm not saying there aren't people out there like that but um you know as a parent you're constantly trying to do things for your kids you're trying to do the right thing for your kids you're trying to it's like I'll give you an example okay I'm gonna give you an example my son Lucas gets obsessed with things as you know he got obsessed with this. Uh, he gets obsessed with video game characters and he gets obsessed with these like plush, like stuffed animals of video game characters. And they're always these rare, weird video game characters. So it's not even like he's like, in. he's like, I want Super Mario. No, he wants this thing called Dread Ducky. Do you remember the Dread Ducky thing mm-hmm. over Christmas? Yeah. Dread Ducky is some scary looking uh, video game duck. And he wanted this Dread Ducky plush and he found it on eBay because he thinks that if he can Google it, it exists. And he found it on eBay and it was like six hundred dollars. And we were like, there is not an uh, there's no chance in hell that anyone is getting this plush for you. And he's like, I want it for Christmas. Santa's going to bring it to me. And we were like, Santa. I was like, Santa is not going to get you a six hundred dollar plush. okay, buddy, you just need to lower your expectations. And so it was so important to him to get this plush. My sister found it, not the six hundred dollar one, but one that looked just like it on a different site. And so I ordered it. And I thought I was going to be like queen of the world getting him this plush. I thought he was going to see it and it was going to be like this formative memory of like, wow, my mom really came through for me and got me this plush I wanted. But it didn't look like the feet were different. Like it looked almost exactly the same, minus a few differences. It didn't look exactly like the plush he found on eBay. And to this day, he still talks about how he wishes he had gotten that plush from eBay. And every time he does it, I'm like, buddy, I'm just going to take that plush and give it to some kid that wants it. And he was like, no, 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 no. I want it. And I'm like, then you need to stop talking about how it's not, it's inferior to this other plush. Because I... We, we tried really hard to find this for you and it was hard to get it. And so what I'm saying is kids who are well cared for and well loved are fu- feel fucking entitled. Mm-hmm. They feel fucking it's true. entitled. And so we are working hard as parents to give you that safety net. And when we do that, sometimes we turn you into little fucking this... brats. Yeah. <laughs> so Hannah's response to her parents always makes me laugh. Because I know she loves them, and they love her, and they have a really – I think they have a really good relationship because obviously they've made her feel so safe and secure in her life, enough for her to act like a little shit. But it always makes me laugh how much she doesn't
1: appreciate them because it feels really true to me as a parent. Anyway. Yeah. No, yeah. I definitely – Um, and I loved the when the mom was yelling like, I want to – have a lake house. Like, I want to go to the lake. So hilarious. <laughs> and I love, I love how her
0: dad is like, I'm just feeling a lot of bad feelings right now. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, so there's, a, so there's that couple, there's that whole relationship. We get, um, I think, uh, uh, one of the, we get, um, Marnie and Charlie. So we get a lot of Marnie and Charlie in this episode. What do you think about Marnie and Charlie?
1: Oh God. It upset me when the first time I saw it and yeah. it upset me this time, just the, I know people like this um, who someone loves them mm-hmm. and they just don't care. Or they're just like, yeah. this person loves me too much. I'm numb to it. I don't want their love. You know, like... Again, it's um, it
0: almost feels like a sense of entitlement, you know? Yeah. And... Uh, but on one hand... Now, Marnie is a tough character for me because I've always found Marnie to be just fucking insufferable. Like, I know everyone... I know everyone complains about Hannah. Like, that's the one everybody complains about. But I'm like, Marnie is the one I really struggle with. But I feel like having watched the show a couple times, the more I watch it, the more I start to sympathize with Marnie. Not because the things she does are sympathetic, but more because she's just so fucking clueless. Like, everything she does is the opposite of what will make her happy, it seems Mm -hmm. like. And Mm -hmm. that is kind of tragic. So... Marnie, I, I understand being with somebody for a long time and uh meeting them when you were really young and not and wondering what else is out there. I kind of understand that. And if she would just be honest with him, that would, I think, be the best thing. But she's not able to do that. And she also I mean, we haven't got this. We'll see this as the show goes on, but she also doesn't seem to be able to let him go once they do break up. So. Uh, I, I think the whole thing is funny where she's repulsed by him, but it's also very sad because he clearly loves her. But also, I wonder if it's one of those things where you can feel someone pulling away from you. Mm-hmm. So you try harder to pull them back mm-hmm. in. It's like they're mm-hmm. both, you know, yeah. he's trying so too hard to pull her back. And, so and it's she's making pr- her, pushing like... him away. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think that relation, also, their relationship is so different. Than Hannah and Adam's. Like, Hannah and Adam's relationship is all about sex, really. And it's all about, I mean, there's uh, some other stuff going on there, but primarily it seems to be about these trysts, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh Marnie is very judgmental about Hannah's relationship with Adam. Like, I understand it because she's like, this is my friend and I have ownership over this person, my friend, and I am feeling protective of them. But she calls them, she says that Anna, Hannah. I think at one point she says Hannah's off having gross sex with that animal, right? Isn't that what she says? She calls she him that. Uh, and so, but it's interesting because Charlie is the opposite of that. Charlie mm-hmm. is, you know, you know, uh, he's polite, sweet. He's sweet. He's attentive, maybe too attentive. Um, mm-hmm. He holds her mouth guard for her in the morning and gives her a cup of coffee. It's the opposite of mm-hmm. Adam. Sackler. It's
1: like Marnie wants to be treated like shit, but mm-hmm. she also looks down on Hannah. other people who are yes. treat, treat treated like shit. It's like yes. it's like she sees that and she's like that's not what it sh- should be. But that's mm-hmm. kind of what she subconsciously wants.
0: She, it's like she needs
1: to chase somebody
0: or something, which is exactly what Hannah's mm-hmm. doing with Adam is chasing him. Yeah. Um, but and later she gets a taste of that with Booth Jonathan, I think, when we get to that arc. Um, and I don't know if she consciously wants to be treated like shit, but she's just not.
1: No one he, consciously wants right. to be treated like shit. but But yeah. there are deep underlying like stuff from childhood with your parents that i was just gonna say
0: marnie's mom is shit. mommy's mom marnie's mom is a piece of work and she's uh uh, we'll get there but marnie's mom is a piece of work and i feel like marnie's inability to let someone love her is gotta be wrapped up in the way that her mom Mm -hmm. treats her Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so there's Marnie and Charlie. Uh, we've got Marnie and Hannah, which I think is when I look at the show as a whole from the vantage point that I'm at, is the relationship that this show is about. Like, if I had to pull, pull nail, narrow it down to a couple, and what is the remi- the couple journey in this whole show? It's not Hannah and Adam, although I would have liked have had s- something that I felt was satisfying closure there. I don't feel like I got satisfying closure of that relationship, but uh, it is Marnie and Hannah's relationship. And um, whether or not you think that Hanny, Hannah, Hanny, uh, that's their couple name, Hanny. Uh, Whether (laughs) or not you think Hanny uh, treats each other in a way that is loving and respectful and healthy. uh, That I think is the central relationship of the show. I don't know if you wanted to weigh in on that.
1: Yeah, I mean honestly I forget the whole arc of the show. Mm-hmm. Um it's been a, it's been a few years. Okay, um, we can
0: revisit that when we get deeper yeah. in. Yeah. I think that but it does I know. St- the show starts with Hannah, uh, after the cold open which is at the restaurant mm-hmm. starts with Hannah and Marnie wrapped up in bed together, which is a shot that we see several other seasons. This is a opening shot for the next two seasons, but with a different mm-hmm. person in bed each time.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So I think that I think that's funny cuz I just I mean this is not a mm-hmm. a tri- 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 trivia that I'm going to say but mm-hmm. I, I noticed one of the things was um Le- Le- Lena based Marnie on her best friend.
0: Yes, yeah. Who shows up later, I think that I think she, she I think her best friend shows up as an actor mm-hmm. later on when Charlie's dating the girl, the new mm-hmm. girl. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure that's the girl she based Marnie on. Um, So. What is there to say you think about Hannah and Marnie's relationship at this point?
1: Um, I think that they are, I mean, they're best friends, but they're mm-hmm. only best friends because, you can tell they're best friends because mm-hmm. of the possessiveness Marnie has over her and the mm-hmm. judgmentalness. You know how some friends are just very possessive and judgmental?
0: I think that's a pretty common dynamic in friend girlfriend, I hate to say girl women or girl friendships. Uh, I think that is common and I don't get to see it explored enough because, I've been in relationships like that with people. I mean, you and I don't have relationships like that, but we're also fully grown adults. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could be in a relationship with somebody like that again. But I've had friendships that did have that, you know, possessiveness or that sort of like bordering on obsession with each other. I've certainly had mm-hmm. that in my life. And I think a lot of women can relate to that. Um, I would say that that they represent two archetypes at the very beginning where marnie is the one who's got everything together and hannah's the mess mm-hmm. and marnie is the responsible one and hannah's the one who's late and and can't hold down a, a job that can she can pay And her doesn't rent.
1: have a good relationship she and-
0: has her relation she's dating this guy that she- marnie doesn't approve of or not dating and- just fucking this guy that marnie yeah doesn't approve but of. you
1: can tell she wants a relationship but he just yeah. wants to mess around
0: uh, you know, I think that's what we're meant From to think in the first, first episode, episode first but episode. I actually think there are some hints to the contrary. I'm not saying that Adam Sackler is fully conscious of wanting a relationship with Hannah in this first episode, but I think the seeds are there. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you why I think that when we get to them. In fact, uh, is there anything else to say about Hannah and Marnie, or do you want to start talking about Adam and Hannah? Let's start talking. Let's well, talk about totally about skipped over team.
1: Shoshana and, oh, uh, right, 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 uh, Jessa and J- Shoshana. Uh, Jessa.
0: I don't Eh, think of them too much much to say about that. There's not, they're not, they're, I think they're meant, they get not a lot in this uh episode Shoshana especially I think Shoshana is mainly there for comedic relief we get more of her later I do really like Shoshana as a character I think it's Mm -hmm. interesting that she gets to be the one who tries to compare them to sex in the city which is something the show is compared to a lot and Mm -hmm. uh I I I like Shoshana I thought her scenes were funny I do want to talk more about Jessa but I think I want to talk more about her when we talk like maybe a little later Mm because jessa we get to know i think a lot better in the second later in the Mm -hmm. in the show or later in this episode um i want to can we talk about adam i really want to talk about yeah sure okay so adam and hannah um how so we've talked kind of talked already about how we feel about adam sackler in this episode but i think what i wanted to say is One of the things now like observing him having seen so many of his movies, I think one of the things that made him so like magnetic for me when I saw this show is that his choices as an actor are really unexpected. Like, everything he does, the way he says things, the mm-hmm. way his body moves is, like, unlike anything I think I had ever seen before and yet so specific. Like, this mm-hmm. guy is really specific. Um, I think one one example I can think of is that when she shows up uh, and he they're on the couch. I mean, a lot of the writing about him, the way he talks to her, that's all you know, the writing of that character. But mm-hmm. what he does that's really interesting is do things like take her shoe off and then punches the shoe mm-hmm. to knock it to the ground. That is mm-hmm. weird and interesting and makes him makes me sit up and take notice of him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. I don't know, or or anything else you wanted to talk about with Adam or if you wanted to talk about their relationship uh, anything you wanted to say about this scene of them having sex on the very dirty couch? <laughs> I imagine that couch is super dirty. That's ev- what I think about every time I see his apartment. I'm like, ugh,
1: <laughs> this couch looks I feel dirty. like what's so fun- fun- funny is, like I said, the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, this guy's awful. you know. And this mm-hmm. time I'm like, I sympathize with him because... Hannah is being like obnoxious. She, like the stuff she's talking about is kind of self absorbed and she's not really checking in with him and how he feels. Sure. And well, he does try to just, put it
0: in her butt though. So I kind of yeah. feel
1: like you gotta, she already, she, you gotta
0: check in with somebody before you do that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that's fair. But I, I'm talking specifically of the lines where she just continues to talk when they're like when, when they're, they're having sex, sex just, yeah, just about something completely unrelated, and yes. he's like, "I'm trying to focus and like, yes, stop talking." You know, like I I'm know, like I totally like connect with him on that. Yeah. I'm just like yeah. Hannah, stop, stop it. talking. <laughs> like, she's but being I feel obnoxious. like
0: it's such a, it's such a a, gr- a great way to show how uh, insecure she is. Mm-hmm. I feel like the talking is. Not even as so much about being self-absorbed, but more like she's like I really like one of the the very truthful things she says is I really like you and I don't know where you disappear to. I think Mm -hmm. she's just really into this guy and like she had a terrible day. She's having a terrible Mm -hmm. like couple of days. And Mm -hmm. the first thing that she does is go to see him because Mm -hmm. she knows she's going to feel better after Mm -hmm. she sees him. But she's not getting the relationship that she wants from him. He's not there for her. Whenever she needs him.
1: So yeah, and, I feel like. And he responds, what What do you mean I'm right here? Exactly. Which is, like,
0: come on. But he's dude.
1: emotionally not there.
0: Exactly. Like, uh, but I feel like the talking during Sex for Her, when I watched it, I interpreted more as her anxiety. Like, I am anxious about being around this person. And he's so, he's hot and he's interesting and he's sexy and I want him to be with me but he doesn't seem to want to be with me and I think her thoughts maybe start spiraling and so that's why where all this ver- word vomit comes from is mm-hmm. just like the the anxiousness of feeling like you need to fill the silence with your voice and which I yeah. relate to because I do that all the time you know not during mm-hmm. sex necessarily.
1: But... <laughs> um. Yeah I just you get the real sense of her insecurity but mm-hmm. also you get the sense that he is aware of her insecurity but Mm -hmm. he doesn't he doesn't use it to hurt her which is what I saw in this time Mm -hmm. which is like not something I saw the first time I'm like I didn't see her. he tries to get her out of her own head in a clumsy way like he
0: is you know kind of not fully like he's really just trying to have sex and is very like can you please stop talking yeah uh, but you're right he doesn't uh he doesn't use it against her he just tries in his very his own emotionally immature way he tries to get her out of her own head by trying to fo-
1: get her focused back yeah. on the task at yeah. hand he's like grab your legs or grab your feet what does he say he's like-, like
0: grab your feet but take all that shit off
1: yeah <laughs> and
0: i'm sorry but this i i love comedies that are funny but not i love broad comedies don't get me wrong mm-hmm. like i love a broad comedy like brooklyn Nine, but i also love a comedy where the comedy is much more grounded in reality and her like not able to get the tights off that
1: mm-hmm. just makes
0: me laugh every and him time. just like
1: ripped them off him
0: walking around <laughs> and going whole he's like jesus christ and he's like starts pulling them off That just makes me laugh every time. Also the weird way he bites her lip before they start kissing like that. The way that that is weird and not sexy and sexy at the same time is so funny to me. Like, it's just so funny because when I think about what this character was probably meant to be on the page and how he took it in a different direction, it Mm -hmm. seemed like handsome carpenter, you know, Mm -hmm. handsome carpenter who has a dirty weirdo. ass apartment it's a, it's a carpenter slash weirdo is like what we get yeah. <laughs> and i love it i don't know how much of that was on the page but i just love it um because yeah. it's not like anything i've seen before
1: yeah i um, like yeah so i just feel like there's something yes there's something not quite sweet about him there's <laughs> But there's he's something not, sexy about him. He's not super gentle, but he no. is. He is and he isn't. He is, he is in a weird way. Yeah. It's very, it's so like, hard to put a finger on, you know? And like when he talks to her about her tattoos and how he's mm-hmm. like, why do you have, why don't you get them? Like, you're not that fat now. You should get them Which removed. Which is so mean. Just, you know?
0: Which is so mean, but he doesn't mean it to be
1: mean. It's like yeah. he lacks emotional maturity. But I could tell her head, her in her head, she's going. I'm not that fat now. I know, like, which is so like, sad you know, and relatable yeah. for me to be honest. Yeah, I know.
0: Uh, I want to talk about that scene. So after, well, also, I before we move on, I just the the part that makes other part that makes me laugh every time is when she's like, "Will you use a condom?" And he goes, "I'll
1: consider it." I know. Yeah, <laughs> that makes I'll me laugh consider it yeah. every time. <laughs> and then um, he comes, and she's like, "Are you putting on a condom?" And he's like. He's like what throwing
0: the wrapper just behind the couch. I'm like, how many condom wrappers are behind that couch right now? <laughs> it's so gross. But also, like, every man's apartment in their 20s, if they're alone, looks like that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, I maybe some of you guys out there had male friends that had clean apartments, but every man in their 20s that I knew who lived by themselves or lived with other guys, their apartment looked disgusting like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, I do want to talk about the scene where they're on the couch, um, because this was a moment where I started to really see how, if he's just a fuckboy, then why the shoulder kisses? That part where he leans over and starts kissing her shoulders, like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, that is something you do only if you actually care about somebody. Like, if it wasn't, if it was just, because he's not, it doesn't seem like he's trying to initiate sex again, it seemed Mm -hmm. like a really tender like gesture of
1: affection at least that's Mm -hmm. how i interpreted it yeah the thing is that the thing that i learned from my first uh it was a friends with benefits relationship Mm -hmm. um he also he would like kiss the top of my head Mm -hmm. and like like after Mm -hmm. and like uh he showed me like old pictures from his childhood and Mm -hmm. talked about like Mm -hmm. so like I feel like don't be fooled by. I don't know if you ever had a f- a, f- a fuck boy in your life, but like um, they they can do all kinds of weird gamey shit. Sure, like which I totally believe that, but
0: I don't think he's playing a game. I don't think he's playing a game. I don't think he's the kind of guy that plays games. I think that he is. Uh, I think that what I see in this character is somebody who doesn't really know how to deal with their emotions in a healthy way Mm -hmm. and so has chosen to keep everyone at arm's length
1: yeah i think that's what i see yeah so basically with what i was saying so i think that this particular character Mm -hmm. is not playing games Mm -hmm. but i'm just saying that shoulder kisses i get it in other relationships don't necessarily mean anything
0: sure but if in this character between these two characters it would be easy for him to say well uh i got to get out head out or I got to make dinner mm-hmm. or it was nice yeah. seeing you or whatever. But, yeah. but he just, they kind of linger like they're mm-hmm. and, 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 and so I feel like to me, these are the seeds of him falling in love with her, but not being aware of it, you know, like not being aware of it until he doesn't have her anymore.
1: Like, mm-hmm. I feel like
0: he is, I feel like she is very openly into him. And mm-hmm. I think that he is into her, but doesn't really realize how much Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or isn't able to communicate it or isn't willing to, you know, in fact, I can almost see him seeing a text from her and then not responding because he doesn't want to go down the path of, of Mm -hmm. meeting somebody. That's what it feels Mm -hmm. like to me. And, um, I think there are other scenes where we we get that. and And I don't think he's at a point where he's ready to go. I want to have a relationship like he there are a lot of reasons. I think we don't know much about his family until we meet his sister, which that relationship is pretty f- fucked up. So I can only imagine that. Maybe he had other fucked up relationships with his parents. We don't know a lot about his parents. We know that his he doesn't take money from his parents because he says that they're pieces of shit or something, right? Mm-hmm. He gets money yeah. from his grandmother, um, which everyone in the show gets money from someone. Mm-hmm. Uh and they're in New York, they're young. And they're Where privileged. They gonna get, they're get, privileged. Get, get, get like it. we have yeah. to acknowledge that, that this is about a group of people that are privileged uh, because Mm -hmm. they have people giving them a safety net that's giving them money. So he obviously doesn't have a relationship with his parents. He, we know that he later, these are not things we know now, but we do know later that he is a recovering alcoholic. So I think there is uh, something there in him that is not able or willing to have a deeper relationship with her, but we do see these indications that there's an affection there is all I'm saying. Anyway. Um, okay. I would like to talk about um Okay, do you want to talk about Jessa? Should we?
1: Not I wrote down re- re- I wrote re- really. I wrote down
0: Jessa is awesome and awful.
1: <laughs> awful, yeah. I really, I really dislike this. I think Jessa's my least fa- fa- mm-hmm. fa- fa- favorite character, I find. I, I really hope the actress is, like, completely different. I have a feeling that she's not, though.
0: Well, who knows? I mean, something... Lena wrote this person. Lena made this person up.
1: Like, But she also based them on her real friendships. But, like, yeah, well, she begged wrote... J- J- Jessa to take, um, the actress to take sure. that role. Jemima.
0: Uh, I, yeah. uh... I write characters for people that I know all the time. That doesn't mean that's who they are. Like also like someone's perception of someone else is not, it's not fair to say that that's what she's like. You know what I mean? Like that's Lena's interpretation of a person that she's writing Mm -hmm. for television and creating conflict on purpose. Now I, I think it's fair for you to dislike Jessa. And there are a lot of times where I really just cannot stand her. I feel like in this episode, what I like about that character is I have always – I'm like Hannah in that I have always felt like the sort of uh, blander version of a couple of girlfriends. Like if I am in a duo with somebody, the other person is the interesting, charismatic, beautiful one, and then I am also there. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, so I am a I, – I remember – having relationships, very deep friendships with women who were charismatic and interesting and troubled and had like troubled pasts with their parents, or maybe they had problems with addiction that were undiagnosed and were behaving erratically. They were the life of the party because they needed that validation from others that they didn't get in their own lives with their families, right? And I don't Mm want to analyze people or anything, but I do feel like that's the backstory of this character. And so what I see in Jessa is a deeply insecure person who hasn't been loved uh, enough by the people who should have loved her in her life. And so she has created this persona so that she can be this like, you know, uh, uh, desirable interesting person and that's the thing that draws people to her if if just being herself and and getting isn't enough to get loved maybe being this mythological creature is the thing that I need to be that's what I see in Jessa and I feel like that's the part of me that sympathizes with her um I also think that I saw something this time that I didn't see before and that is all The whole time people are asking her, where have you been? What have you been doing? And she tells everybody different things and makes herself sound really interesting. And this is the first time I went, she's lying. She didn't do any of that stuff. I don't know how you feel about that. I like, think what she shows, said. Can you give me she, an example? Well, like Shoshana asked her where she was and she says, oh, well, I was in Bali and then I was in this place and I was shucking pearls with a, you know, wise woman or something. And I was like, she didn't do any of that stuff. Maybe she did go to Bali or maybe she went to Cleveland. It, But the thing is, I think Jessa creates a myth about Jessa. Mm. My, the biggest example I can think of is when she's at the dinner party and um Ray, She says, oh, I, you know, I was nanny to these children and uh, they, their pacifist father and they had like a singing group. And Ray goes, isn't that the plot to Sound of Music? <laughs> and that I feel like that sh- is an example of how I think Jessa is lying about where she's been. I think she was probably off with a guy. He got her. She thinks she's pregnant. Right. We know later we find out in a couple episodes she's not actually pregnant. But at this point, she thinks she's pregnant. She's with, she probably was with some guy, he got her pregnant, he didn't want her, again, she's been rejected by somebody who doesn't want to stay with her, and she leaves, and now she's got to tell people where she's been, but she's got to make it a myth, and it can't be the truth. That's what I saw this time, which is something I didn't really notice before.
1: Hmm. That's, That's my backstory yeah. for her. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think... I think that's very interesting. And I think that maybe if she had been played by a different actress, Mm -hmm. I would have seen that or would have empathized with Mm her. I just feel like I don't think we're meant to empathize with her all the time.
0: Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. Please go.
1: Well, I just feel like I would have liked to see those things. Like Mm -hmm. I would have liked that interpretation, but I feel like all I can see is just this vile per person, like I That's really fair. Uh, maybe I just like don't like the actress That's or how fair. she portrays her. That's I feel like if she had been played by like some some other a- mm-hmm. actress, I don't know who, but I would have looked past it. and I would have tried to understand mm-hmm. her. I would have tried to. See what was going on beneath the surface, but all I feel is just I. The, the reason I didn't want to talk about mm-hmm. Jessa, or not didn't want to talk about Jessa, mm-hmm. but didn't have anything to say about Jessa is because I I, li- I literally like shut was down, not paying when attention. I just yeah. shut down when she's on screen. Sure,
0: I and that's fair. That's fair uh, for you to have that reaction. I I think the actress's choice to avoid making her sympathetic is a bold one that works for me. Uh, And I don't know if that's a conscious choice she made or if she's just playing something close to herself. I don't know. Uh, But I think that Jessa is, as a person, beautiful, charismatic. She's got that accent. Um, And uh, I think the actor has really good comedic timing. Like when she's talking to... Hannah about like just be like Flaubert or like just tell your parents you're an artist like all that stuff is really funny to me the way that she talks is so pretentious and 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 also like a scared little girl at the same time everything she says is a a protective shell she puts around herself to avoid being hurt by other people it's all an act And it's very transparent to me. And I love that very few. I think there are moments where the actor does portray her in a way that is meant to to get illicit sympathy from us. But most of the time she doesn't. And I think that's bold and truthful. Because a lot of people I've known who create a myth around themselves to protect themselves, they don't let that. they 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 don't let anything
1: penetrate.
0: They don't let those cracks show. They don't let anything through unless they are in such a a bad state that they can't hold the wall up anymore. And Mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting character. Even if I don't like Jessa, the person very much, most of the time, I find that to be an interesting part of the story. And I see how someone like that would be very attractive to Hannah and how Hannah would make a myth about that person. Because I think Hannah wants to be interesting and beautiful and charismatic and doesn't feel that she is those things. And so... Uh, And I understand that. I remember being friends with people like that and wanting, feeling like maybe you can catch a little bit of their light if you hang out with them enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I guess that's all I wanted to say about that. Um, All right. Last thing I wanted to talk about is, um, so Hannah says to her parents, I think I might be the voice of a generation or at least a voice of voice a generation. Of
1: I loved that line the first time I heard it. Like yes. I was like, yes.
0: <laughs> so is <laughs> Lena Dunham the voice of a generation?
1: She's a voice of a generation. She's a voice of that generation. Yes. Of that I think. generation. I think the m- 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 millennials, I
0: think that it's, it's, I, I think we have to acknowledge that this story is about a very specific group of people uh, it's not very diverse in terms of its casting, um, and that's something that we can continue to discuss, uh, but it is about a specific group of women, a type of women, white, privileged women in their 20s, uh, living in New York City, so urban. You know, living in an urban environment, artists, I think people who are trying to be artists, mm-hmm. uh, who have the privilege to think about those things, even if they don't really have a steady job. Um, so it is about a specific type of people. Um, but it also is very specific to that generation and the things that they're worried about. There is something very specific about that millennial generation and again, a specific population of them who had a lot of love from their parents or had at least financial support. Like, I don't think all these Mm -hmm. characters have had a lot of love necessarily from their parents, but they had enough support that they didn't, they could kind of flitz around and do whatever they wanted. They had Mm -hmm. the safety net. Uh, They're struggling with uh, self-sufficiency. I think being in your 20s is a time where you do struggle with your identity, regardless of the generation you're in uh, and what your place is in the world. And so I think these women struggling with their economy and like, what does it mean in this world to be a woman with certain freedoms, but also certain setbacks, maybe freedoms that my parents didn't have? Like, what does that mean sexually for me and in the workplace? Like, I think this is a very specific look at that life and that time period. And so to me, I would agree with that statement. Um... But again, I would caveat, I would put say, I would uh, ca- say as a caveat that it is not about every person of this generation, as no story could be, and be specific. You know, if you look at um, Donald Glover's show Atlanta, which Donald Glover does guest star at a certain point on this show, Donald Glover is writing a show about a very specific, uh, time period and a very specific group of people. And I think that that is what makes a show interesting to me is specificity. Uh, You know, Issa Rae wrote a show about a very specific uh, group of people in a very specific time period. And that to me is good writing. Um, And not everybody may want to live in this world, but uh, but it is, I think an example of a certain group of people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, anything else to say about The Pilot of Girls? I so it ends so. with Hannah stealing the housekeeper's tip. Yep, which is very which, typical Hannah behavior.
1: Typical Hannah. Yep. <laughs> typical. Um
0: Yeah, I think that I I I look forward to continuing to watch this with you every other week. Um, and I'll, we'll have to, I'll, I'll have to figure out like what, what would be the next episode that Adam's in. I think he's in this, the second episode, but, um, yeah, it's good to revisit it. Uh, again, I, I, I like being able to pick up on new things each time that I watch it. And it's really interesting to see Adam sort of the beginning of his, his journey. And think about how this role shaped, I think, the way the public looks at him. You know, really shaped his image. I think in the public consciousness for some for a long time. And then I think Kylo Ren and Ben Solo came along and and did and reshaped it. But at, at mm-hmm. this time period, that was the way we kind of saw him. All right, uh, are you ready for some moments of thirst? Uh,
1: sure. You got some moments of thirst this time. Um maybe Mm -hmm. uh just like maybe just like him behind her like yep Mm -hmm. about to do Mm -hmm. stuff yep Mm -hmm. yes um oddly the biting the lip in a non Mm -hmm. like in a way that's like like you said it's both not sexy and Mm -hmm. sexy it's like Um, it starts
0: not sexy but then it surprisingly turns sexy for me yeah 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 i want to address that for a second because i think Adam driver in a scene where he's got to kiss somebody like that. Like his complete commitment Mm -hmm. to that is, I don't think a thing that every actor can do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what makes him so sexy to me Mm -hmm. is that it's one thing to kiss somebody in a scene. It's another thing to fucking devour them. Like Mm -hmm. that's the way this character, I feel like that's the way this character kisses a lot of the time is just like devouring
1: the person across Mm -hmm. from them
0: and i think that the commitment to that is is astounding
1: to me anyway Mm -hmm. um i think yeah i I also liked like we already said the 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 line reading of i'll consider it i'll consider Uh, it
0: (laughs) (laughs) such a dick um So, okay, I've got a couple things here. One is just generally this shirtless, the shirtless. I love the objectification of this guy. Like they're like, we're objectifying the fuck out of this guy. And we're just going to do this. He's going to be shirtless for like the f- the first like two thirds of this season. And mm-hmm. I am looking forward to more shirtless scenes. I just. That's true. Guys just like being
1: shirtless. Like. He like doesn't seem like he's
0: wearing underwear. Like he's literally just wearing jeans and he, maybe he, uh, and that's it. Like, maybe he was walking, mm-hmm. or, like, he knew somebody was coming over, so he had to throw some pants on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 and also, like, at this point, his, he had that, like, really solid body, but he wasn't, like, he wasn't, he, he wasn't, like, all bulked up for star wars yet Mm -hmm. so he still had Mm -hmm. i think a body that looks like had a bit of a belly well Well, he had a belly
1: but just like his body was a little
0: softer it was like a body that Mm -hmm. you would see on a man who works out in life and not as yeah. much a movie star body. Not a mo- movie star yeah. yeah. And I appreciate movie star body, Adam. Don't get me wrong. But I do like this a little bit softer, solid kind of body yeah. he's got going on. Um, I love the way he lumbers about. Like, again, his body movement is just like, I'm like, ooh. Uh, so sexy. Um, his gorgeous profile, that beautiful shot from behind the couch where they're looking at each other in profile Mm -hmm. and you see like his nose. I'm just like, oh, I just like, anytime I get like an Adam profile of the nose, I just like, it just makes me melt. I just love it. And then, uh, lastly, I could not, I would be remiss if I just did not mention the line that reverberates in my head every time I think about this character. And that is- You should never be anyone's fucking slave except for mine. And like, there's something about the way he says that. That just, I feel it in my pelvis, Sarah. Okay. (laughs) Like, it's just like, I think it is one of the, it is just like, I, I, I can't, I just, I can't, I have no words. I have no words. As you would imagine, I'm normally up for pretty much anything in the bedroom, but I can't tell if what happened was weird or sexy. Oof, I'm all hot and bothered now.
1: Are you ready? Are you ready for some trivia? Mm-hmm. Mm, I can't wait. I'm just going to give you one. Because we need to say if we don't want to, like you yeah, said before, we don't want to blow any 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 load.
0: We don't want to blow, wanna blow our, our, load, our load is what you said. You go ahead and say it. <laughs> Off air, Sorry. you said, we should <laughs> only do one piece of trivia. We don't want to blow our load. And I was like, you're That's right. That's true. Yes. You're right. We okay. don't want to blow
1: our load. Okay. Let's see.
0: Um... I'm excited.
1: So, I'll I'll do two. I'll do okay, two. because cool. cool, like cool, one cool, is cool, only cool. one is not good enough. Cool, but cool, cool, did cool, cool, you cool. know what Judd Apatow said about this show? What he mm-hmm. why he did this show? No. Um,
0: Although it does definitely seem in his wheelhouse because it's got a similar mm-hmm. sense of humor.
1: He said he hoped the show would provide men with an insight into realistic females.
0: Oh, I actually like that because mm-hmm. I we didn't talk about this too much. But one of the things I like about the show is that I just like seeing messy, complicated unlikable women on screen. I want more mm-hmm. of that. And I want to see them fuck up and try to do better and then still fuck up and then have mm-hmm. moments of redemption, but also just be messy and unlikable. I let mm-hmm. that appeals to me and I can see how that doesn't appeal to everybody, but it appeals to me. Yeah. Also, I feel like the sex on the show is some of the realest shit I've ever seen. And I don't mean like real as in you see everything that you do see a lot, but it just feels like it's not glamorized. It's like it feels mm-hmm. like even when this is feels like i'm what it kind of the awkwardness of Mm -hmm. and the it's like sexy and awkward at the same time Mm -hmm. uh it it feels really raw to me i guess is what i'm saying yeah
1: so the only other piece of trivia i will give you today is Mm that uh that you know the character Shoshana. Mm mm-hmm so she was not intended to be a recurring character. Oh. She was just intended to show up in this This, this first episode, episode. But Lena liked her take on it so much that she decided to make her a, the fourth girl.
0: I love that. I love that. And it feels like there should be four. Like, it feels like, and also I think what, and we don't get a lot of Shoshana in this episode, but I think what Shoshana adds to that group is the girl who's really trying to be the cosmopolitan city girl who's like really going for it she's got the weird She's the charlotte she is the charlotte of the group uh but also um and i kind of hate sex in the city it's funny people are like there are people that are like i hate girls and i'm like i respect that because i don't like sex in the city can't stand Sex and the City. I've seen all of it. Don't
1: get me wrong. I I've watched seen all of it too. Every episode. I watched it when I was 16.
0: I watched every episode. I was in college when I watched it. Uh, I did not see um, like I understand how people hate Hannah in the way that I hate Carrie and the way she treated Aiden. Like I get it. I Aiden I'm so butthurt
1: hurt about get Aiden. it. I'm
0: so hurt about it. Um, But so I get it people. I really do. Um. Anyway uh <laughs> Uh, I think Shoshana adds this. Shoshana's is very quirky. The actor has a really interesting way of speaking. Again, like it's a really distinct uh, person. Uh, and just another take on what, uh, being a privileged white woman in New York, basically. Mm-hmm. And I can also understand how people are like, I don't want to watch a show about a bunch of privileged white women in New York. I get but it. The, the fact I that get there it. are
1: two shows that do, do that. Two shows about four white women in New York and having sex.
0: Right. But how many shows there about a bunch of white dudes doing something? You know
1: what I'm saying? Like, that's why it doesn't
0: bother me. I would like to see a world where we have room for all lots of different stories, lots of different stories. And I feel like there's a very particular group that has been able to be the central characters for my entire lifetime. And I'm happy to see other people getting some... Center stage. That's all, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I do think Sex in the City and Girls is very different. Sex in the City, I think, is very fairy tale to me. And Girls is like the, like, almost like the grungy cousin. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they're, I don't think there's a lot of glamour in this show, nor is Mm -hmm. it meant to be glamorous. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you for that little bit of trivia.
1: Oh, you look awesome. Come the fuck upstairs.
0: (laughs) Okay. But wait,
1: I have to worry about something. What? If you come up here, I'm going to tie you to my bed and keep you for at least three days. I'm just in that kind of mood.
0: Would you like to talk about what we're watching next week? Sure. So we don't need to spin the wheel. In fact, listeners, uh, we won't be spinning the wheel for a while. I guess at some point we'll have to decide when we want to watch Chippendale. I guess maybe close to when it comes out. But in the meantime, we're kind of just watching brooklyn night Nine- we're bouncing between jake peralta and adam sackler and i'm happy to be in this sandwich let me tell you i'm happy to be the meat in the sandwich i don't know about you uh yeah. but we've got peralta and sackler and that's what we're doing be the for fried egg yeah <laughs> i
1: don't know why that made me laugh so much <laughs> um
0: so the next two episodes of brooklyn 99 that we'll be watching are uh full boil so we're going full boil Uh, So the synopsis is Jake tries to keep Charles away from going full boil on his new girlfriend. So we're going to see the girlfriend come back up. Meanwhile, Rosa and Amy are reluctant to help an amateur caped crime fighter. And Holt faces competition for the presidency of a police organization he found. Founded. Sorry, not found. He founded it. Mm -hmm. All right. And then the next one is, and these shows are contemporary, really. This, This came out in 2014. Uh, Girls is 2012, so they're kind of in the same couple of years there. Uh, The Apartment uh, will also be watching, and that is due to crippling debt, Jake faces losing his apartment and asks Gina for help. Rosa and Charles clash with one of the weekend officers, and Holt and Terry ask their officers to conduct self-evaluations. So that's what we'll be watching next. Sounds like, you know, your typical mid-season antics on a show. Uh, so listeners, so that's episode 17 and 18 of a 22 episode season. Okay. All right. So, uh, listeners, that's what we'll be watching next week or next time, I guess, when we see you in two weeks. Um, Thanks for listening to the show. If you want to give us your thoughts on girls or the pilot or anything that we talked about, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Adam and Andy podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Adam, Andy pod, Sarah. It's been, I've enjoyed thoroughly talking to you about this show. I have too. And I'm glad that you and I have a mature, well-adjusted, Emotionally healthy, we don't have girl friendship
1: relationships. Yes,
0: (laughs) but I sure will enjoy watching. Yes, I sure will enjoy watching everyone implode over and over again Mm -hmm. on girls. It's like a spectator sport.